welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. I always love to do the alrighty for James because I think early on during the, the the days of the the early days of the podcast, he used to make fun of me for always saying alrighty. I think Brett did too, and I think a lot of people also picked up on that. I don't think I do alrighty as much as I used to. I wasn't really making fun of you, but but uh, I I, okay I, I, mean, I noticed the tendency. The t- okay, I noticed the tendency, and then when Nate kind of. Asked you to stop, then I kind of <laughs> wanted it back. <laughs> well, welcome into a very special episode of the Get Around Podcast. This is the 2017 18 uh, special for the boys basketball all region teams. We've got uh, Dream Team, Second Team, Third Team, Fourth Team, Fifth Team, and an incredible list of honorable mentions, which uh, we'll get to here in a little bit. Uh, there are some names on there that are that are probably going to surprise you. Uh, certainly the first one that we talk about. Uh, James and I had a pretty frank discussion about this uh, last night, uh, trying to decide who was the last player to... Uh, uh, to get cut from the fifth team, and it was it was certainly a tough decision. Uh, so welcome to the Get Around Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Queeley, and in the studio with me, Jimmy James Cook. We are without Brett Summers. Uh, we talk about this a little bit later on in the show with uh, our player of the year, Jalen Rogers, who was uh, kind enough to take uh, take some time from his days. Very, very busy individual, which uh, I think you'll hear uh, again during that interview. Uh, but Brett is down in Florida, uh, soaking up the suns, uh, probably wearing very revealing t-shirts to show off his muscles, since he's a big old muscle-bound, jacked-up guy. But uh, James and I are going to hold down the fort here and do our best to uh, bring to you a quality show as we reveal um, the laundry list of names. Uh, so... James, why don't we get started? I will uh, kick things off uh, with the honorable mentions. And the first name, uh, we'll talk about this right now, Matt Loney of Frankfurt wasn't able to to crack the five teams, and it was it was tough. We just had to decide who was the, the last one to... Um, to to get uh to get booted and it was tough and you know Jalen uh, earlier on because we had him on before we recorded this he made a pretty good case for why Jalen uh, might have got might have gotten jobbed here a little bit just talking about the intangibles that he has I think he was about ready to come over the table at you yeah uh, he was uh, he was certainly disappointed uh, when we told him that and it's completely understandable. Um, also on the honorable mentions, Ridge Beeman uh, from Buckley, Brock Beeman from Buckley, Justice Doherty from Traverse City Christian, uh, Josh Bellinger also from Traverse City Christian, Josh Prepajal uh, from Traverse City uh, Bulldogs, Elijah Maleko also from the Bulldogs, a, uh, another Bulldog player, Gabe Bomeister, Cooper Kraft from GTA, Grand Traverse Academy, uh, Max McDonald also from GTA. If you happen to, I'm not sure if you can pick it up in the background right now, but... Uh, our photographer's uh, son, uh, Jan Michael Stump, is uh, his uh, his young son, Jack. Uh, Jack is in yeah. the office, and he was very uh, smiley and and laughing before, but uh, then we started talking. Then we started talking. He's like, "Oh, yeah. their voice is unbelievable." I can't, and and Brendan won't shut the hell up. It's it is unbelievable. Um, but but back to the. Uh, uh, to the list, uh, Max McDonald, also from Grand Traverse Academy, Danny Passano from Traverse City St. Francis, Devin Burkhardt from Benzie Central, Brett Dyer from Northport, Joe Stozio from Kalkaska. I'm sure at this point a lot of our listeners are just like, all right, well, if these are all the guys that are honorable mentions, 
who's on the first through fifth teams. Um, Preston Ball, Elk Rapids, a, a very good freshman. Garrett Hessem from Kingsley, also from Kingsley, Tyler Inthesone, Jeremiah Torrey and Jacob Maltner from Onekama, Grant Papineau from Central Lake, uh, and then Hunter Rule and Trevor Solani from Manton. I mean, you got a couple guys on there that were, I think, on the the teams last year. Yeah, pretty sure Hunter Rule was. But I went back and I looked at, at, at you know at the team from last year, and we just had an incredible drop in stats and numbers this year. A, a lot of players uh, did not have as good a seasons as they did last year. Yeah, I think the overall quality of basketball was, I think, better. Yeah, and it's but, gonna but, hurt but, next but year. But it was, I think. but it was spread around more, and uh, you know, so you had you know players where you had four guys averaging double digits instead of one guy averaging thirty. Um, you know, I mean, Devin Burkhardt's another guy. He was he was on one of the top five teams in the past. Fourth, third or fourth, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just the the competition this year is kind of kind of crazy. No, it really is. There's so many so many talented players that we have on that honorable mentions team, and uh, James, we've got we've got a lot more. So kick <laughs> that more. off. All right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Brett Dewey from Central Lake, Mason Gardner from Boyne City. I mean, he's going to play college ball at Alma College. Uh, Justin Nicholas, Grayling, Brady Hunter, Grayling, Gaylord St. Mary, Preston Briggs from Traverse City Central, another Traverse City Central, Henry Goldcool, Joel Wilson from Petoskey, Jake Lee from Petoskey. Lee's also going to play college basketball. Uh, Josh Carlson from Charlevoix, Cooper Stevenson, East Jordan, Garrett Shenanaquit, uh, Sutton's Bay. I love the way that the kid plays. I really do, and that's one of the reasons why when we did our fantasy draft that I was I was happy to take him with one of my picks. Mm-hmm. He's one of those guys that, you know, coming off the bus, doesn't really look like a basketball player, but, man, we're putting him on that court. Yep. Yeah, and he'll... <laughs> and, he, and he's going to board you right out of the yeah, lane. Yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll get you 15 points, and there are days when he's going to grab, you know, 20, 22 rebounds, which is uh, just insane. Uh, continuing with the uh, honorable mention list, we've got Gray, Trey Moffat from Grayling, Xavier McKillop, Lake Luna St. Mary, Rob Dome from Traverse City St. Francis. One of the better big men in the area. Mm-hmm. Mitch Lurvney, Lurvey from Traverse City St. Francis. His Lurveness, as he goes by on Twitter, I believe. Does he really? That's fantastic. Peyton McDonough from Glen Lake, Colin Ingalls, Ellsworth. A very underrated player, Colin Ingalls is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's got good size, like 6'5" rebound, play defense, good post moves. Um, Blake Charbonneau from uh, Gaylord, uh, you know, he's going to have a, a heck of a season next season. I think uh, he'll be a guy that's going to take off and be a force in the Big North Conference. Matt Boyer from Mancelona, Jeremiah Lockhart, Bel Air, and Curtis Corbin from Bel Air. Why don't we get things started now with the fifth team and a gladiator from Traverse City St. Francis, senior Teddy Pritchard. A big-time shot maker when he was feeling it. Uh, saw a couple of games that St. Francis played, and you know when he was making shots, he wasn't afraid to, to keep taking them. Uh, helped St. Francis to an undefeated record in the Lake Michigan Conference, the finish 14-0. He averaged 13.1 points per game, shot 46% from behind the arc, and uh, also, again, near and dear to my heart, I love the free-throw shooters, uh, 81% from the charity stripe. The second player on the fifth team is Elk Rapids senior Jack Hawkins. He tied for the team lead in scoring at 16.5 points a game, averaged nearly a double-double with nine rebounds a game also, added 1.5 assists, 2.5 steals, and a block a game. I mean, that's pretty well-rounded stats right there. Yeah, yeah, he uh, was... A little bit of everything. 
Scored a season-high 31 in a 83-65 win over Grayling. Uh, another big man uh, next on the list is Dylan Reno, a senior from Kingsley. Uh, had a season high. His season high for the year was 28 points and also had a season high in rebounds with 21. Not in the same game, but uh, that's still pretty impressive. He did average a double-double, 13.5 points and 11.6 rebounds for the Stags. Uh, great height, versatility, uh, could put the ball on the ground and score at the rim, and he was also pretty dangerous from three-point range. Uh, it just made him one of the best players in the Northwest Conference. Uh, Jaden Perry from Manton, who was tough to on, see what, him the on the third, team. third team last year. Yep, tough to see him on the third team. I know. Or I'm, I'm sorry, tough, tough to see him on the fifth team. Yeah. Uh, his numbers dipped a little bit this season. Uh, you know, they added Ethan Ansick, who added another scorer to the mix. So uh, you know, that's kind of not a huge surprise. Um, but the senior was still a huge part of their success, including a share of the Highland Conference title and a win against McBain for the first time in a long time. I think it was. I don't think it was 20 years, but it probably seemed like 20 years to, to Manton. It's the first time in Ryan Hiller's career here that they had beaten Manton, or beaten McBain. Um, he ran the offense as a point guard, averaged 13 points and three assists a game, and was an 83% shooter from the free throw line. I love it. I love it. Uh, up next on the list is Jordan Vicent from Traverse City Central, also a senior. Uh, a big theme throughout all of this all of these teams it's senior laden very very senior heavy last year we had a lot of juniors and sophomores on here so i don't know if the quality of basketball in northern michigan is going to take a dip next year but we are certainly going to miss a lot of really quality players and and one of those was jordan vison uh can hit from anywhere on the court when he uh, you know uh, similar to teddy pritchard when he was feeling it uh, senior Trojan was a great outside shooter, earned second team selection to the All-Big North Conference team, uh, averaged a dozen points, three boards, and three dimes per game in his final year. And he kind of really stepped up in a bunch of those games when uh, when Schwanicki was out with that injury. Um, you know, I mean, he kind of accepted a, a little bit of a role as a secondary scorer when Schwanicki really stepped up this season. Um as, as a kind of a less focal point of the offense than last season, but when but when they needed him to, he he was able to step up and fill those spots. Kicking off the fourth team, we've got uh, we do have a non-senior here, Glen Lake sophomore Reese Hazelton, um, the Lakers' wiry but strong sophomore, averaged thirteen and a half points, three point six rebounds, two point one assists, and one point one steals a game, as Glen Lake went to the state championship game in Class C. Uh, shot 64% from the field. Which 40, is huge. Yeah. 43% from three-point range, and it was a plus 18.5 efficiency on the court. I love that coaches are starting to provide that stat. It it makes me so happy. Not all of them did, but uh, mm-hmm. there were a few teams around here that provided that plus-minus, and uh, plus 18 uh, and a half is pretty good, but we'll see a couple of players later on that are plus 20 and what, above. What's his war? That's a great question, but I'm pretty sure that's baseball. <laughs> Again, here's a player that uh, I think was on the third team last year, Griffin Kelly, a senior from Frankfurt, came on really strong during that final half of the season and proved to be the Panthers' best scoring option in several games despite having players like Jalen Rogers, who we're going to talk about uh, much later in the show, uh, and Matt Loney. Very quick. We always saw that in, in football. Uh, James, you brought this up when we interviewed Jalen that Griffin is a football player who plays basketball. 
Mm-hmm. And you can tell. I mean, like like Rick, like Jalen said. I mean, he's kind of a little unconventional as a basketball player. Um, you know, uh, just he gets the ball. He's really aggressive on offense and defense, and I think so much to the so much so that he catches a lot of people off guards. You know, they're just kind of like, no, you're not supposed to be at that spot here. I mean, he's very quick, strong hands. Um, Reggie Manville, former head coach of, of Frankfurt, uh, always said that he was their best defensive player. He, he's one of the best on-the-ball on defenders in, in the area. He's always getting in passing lanes. Um, he possessed great instincts on the floor, averaging 14 points and eight boards per game, and uh, he earned second-team All-Northwest Conference honors. Yeah, and he just doesn't stop. No, he, he doesn't get tired at yeah. all. Yeah. And you'll, you never and, see him with his hands on his knees. And, and the effort level never decreases either. Uh, up next, we're going back to the senior well again with uh, Petoskey's Seth Mann. Um, he was the Northman's other big scoring threat inside, aside, aside from Danny Culp, averaging 13.9 points a game, 4.9 rebounds, 1.2 steals. Um, I mean, he, he's a guy that he has height, length, and Petoskey had that in spades. All as all over, but I mean, what was it? They had one guy that was under six feet, and he was like five eleven and a half. Yeah, it was like one guy that was on. He's the only guy that was basically in their starting five that was under six four, and and he was I think six foot. That's you know that's the point guard, but you know, man led uh, them to a Big North Conference title, a nineteen and three record. It was honorable mention All State in Class A and a and a first team All Big North selection as well. Out to Bear Lake we go, and senior Trey Gilbert is the next player on the fourth team. Gilbert was part of the high-scoring Lakers duo with Caden Hale. Uh, He averaged 17.1 points per game, shot 50% from the field, and 50.5% from behind the arc. you got to like that. Uh, Also had 3.9 rebounds, 4.5 assists, 4 steals per game and helped Bear Lake to an 18 and 4 record and a West Michigan D-League title at 13 and 1. I mean, those are really good numbers. 17.1 four boards, four and a half assists, four steals. Uh, that's a guy that's doing it all. Yeah, and the field goal percentage to boot with it. I mean, that's that's phenomenal. Up next is uh, Elk Rapids senior Grayson Krakow. He helped uh, lead the Elks to a district championship, scored 32 points in a district final win against Charlevoix. He uh, tied for the uh, team high in points a game with 16.5 with Jack Hawkins, who we already mentioned. Uh, also had 4.5 rebounds, 4 assists, 2.5 steals per game. He's second in Elk Rapids history in 3 points and first in pass deflections, which is another stat that I think that you like. Kicking off the third team, we mentioned him a little bit earlier when we were talking about Jaden Perry. This is Manton's Ethan Ansick, a big man for the Rangers, threat from inside and outside, had a, a very pretty stroke, just a, a nice shot. Uh, I believe this led Northern Michigan, shot almost 69% from the field with 68.4%. Uh, he did battle injuries throughout the season, uh, which like, uh, likely kept him from reaching his full potential on the court. He probably would have been second team, first team, uh, had he not been injured throughout the season. Uh, but he still managed to average 16 points and seven rebounds for Manton and acted as a, a, a true team player and a very confident leader for the that Ranger team. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we got to see him that that one day when we went to uh, went up to Petoskey. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just for uh, bits and gigs. Yeah, just another day off, just going to see some hoops. 
uh, you know, but he looked good that day against against TC West, and then in the uh, other game in that tournament, he looked uh, he had a really good first quarter against Petoskey before he sprained his ankle. I think he had like eight or nine points in the first quarter. Then he sprains his ankle towards the end of the first quarter and kind of wasn't the same player for a little while. Our next guy in the third team, go back to Bear Lake for senior Caden Hale. Um, this guy was just a, just a scorer for for the Lakers. I mean, uh, scored 41 points for his season high, led all scorers in our coverage area with 25.5 a game. Um, How does a guy that scores 25.5 a game only make the third team? I think you're going to find out people, a little bit. Pe- people are going to find out. I think people are going to find out a little bit later when we reveal the, the second and dream team. Yeah. Uh, and on top of that, he averaged 4.3 assists, 2.4 boards, 3.4 steals, shot 49% from the field, and had a pl- plus 21.6 efficiency. Free throw percentage back, and, and efficiency. I, I, I love it. I uh, think you just shuddered a little bit there when I said efficiency. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think what put Caden Hale on the on the third team here despite his impressive stats was the fact that he was playing in a conference and in a class uh, that wasn't uh, you know they were class D and in the West Michigan D League um, you know not the highest amount of competition and when we saw him play against Buckley or at least when I saw him play against Buckley um, that Buckley defense did a really good job of shutting him down and and really forcing him to take some bad shots but that doesn't mean he's not a hell of a player. Everybody always wants to complain about that on these kind of teams, you know, that a kid from a Class A school averaging 10 points is better than a kid from Class D school averaging right. 20. Right. But, we're again, you can't please all the people all the time, and we are certainly not going to please all the people with this, <laughs> with this list. Probably not. Um, one of the players that we probably would have liked to, to see a, a little bit more, uh, Garrett Miller, a senior from Leland, he... Uh, you know the stats really don't speak to the talent of 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 that senior. Um, you know he was really the only scoring option for Leland and, and dealt with constant and, and frustrating double and triple teams. Uh, still managed uh, twenty one and a half points, six point six rebounds, and two point one assists per game. Uh, dropped forty five on Kingsley and finished with uh, more than a thousand points at one thousand one hundred and fifty. Um, again, one of my regrets is never seeing that kid play. He was my preseason prediction for player of the year, um, and and unfortunately I was never able to get out to a Leland game. I was too busy covering Frankfurt and Buckley and Glen Lake nonstop and going to a couple West games as well. And I think the 45 that he dropped on Kingsley was the game that he needed to get 1,000. Yes. That's kind of even more impressive. Next we have Traverse City West senior Brady Storkel. Uh, he was the fuel for Traverse City, Ten- Traverse City West Titans on their road to a fifth straight district championship. Uh, head coach Sanders Fry said he uh, wished he had a roster full of Storkels because of uh, the senior's heart, soul, passion, and drive. Storkel ended his Titan career averaging 11.9 points, 3.2 rebounds, and 2.1 assists to earn second team all Big North Conference honors. I ran into uh, Sanders Fry a few weeks ago at uh, Rare Bird. And uh, we talked about the, the team, and I had mentioned, uh, you know, he had sent me the stats earlier that day, and I had kind of told him that, you know, where some of the players were going to fall. And I had mentioned that Brady was going to be on the third team, and, you know, he was just so thankful for the recognition for him because, um, you know, as, as you just said, he wished that 
all of his players had the same kind of drive as Brady did because he really was the one that was stepping up on defense. And when they needed a little spark for their offense, he was the guy that would you know turn defense into offense, get a steal, and then make a fast break layup. Uh, he really was a pleasure to watch. Yeah, and when he was, and when that three point shot was falling, he, I mean that just gave West uh, a three headed monster in scoring that uh, was hard for a lot of teams to keep up with. Up next from Sutton's Bay, senior Thomas Hersey. Uh, that kid once again proved what a talent he is and, and how athletic he is. Uh, averaged 17.1 points per game, four and a half rebounds, nearly four assists at 3.8, 2.3 steals, and 1.4 blocks per game. Uh, and that's pretty impressive considering that he, he played mostly from the guard position, which means that he was getting out on defense and, and using his length to, to uh, disrupt a lot of shots. Uh, he finished fourth on the Sutton's Bay all-time scoring list with just under 1,200, a uh, second-team All-Northwest Conference pick, and uh, also earned academic All-State honors. I hear he can play golf as well. He can? Yeah. I think he's already our runaway guaranteed golfer of the year. I'm not trying to uh, to disparage anything that some of our other golfers in the area are doing, but uh, Hersey is right now in a class of his own on the golf course. All right, well, for the for the uh, top two teams, we have a coach on each of those, so it's five players and a coach. Uh, for the, so for the second team coach of the year is Buckley's Blair Moss. Uh, he led the, the Bears' regular season schedule, um, which which they really stacked up this year and, and added some, some big-time competition um, just to prepare them for the postseason again. Well, yeah, yeah they're... they're Non-conference schedule was uh, crazy competitive, and then they played in the Northwest Conference, which was hands down the most talented conference in Northern Michigan. So a year after their perfect regular season, they went 15 and five, but uh, flipped the switch on when the playoffs came around. Um, his hard-nosed style of coaching often brought out the best in uh, his team at, at the most important times and helped them earn a second straight trip to the uh, Class D state championship. I mean, and they've been there before; they've done that. You know, and he and he's coached a long time, so he I think he kind of has learned how to uh, to push those buttons. Sticking with the Buckley theme here, our first player on the second team, Joey Weber, the senior for the Bears. Uh, Weber was arguably one of the Bears' most important players during that final turn of the regular season, as Buckley made its uh, second trip, as we've discussed here, uh, to the Breslin Center and and to that state championship game where they lost to Southfield Christian. Uh, he was able to hit big shots from the outside, and he went to the hoop like a bull. Just so strong. I mean, um, just a very, very strong kid. Uh, you know, picked up the big buckets at the right times, or grabbed a big board, either offensive or defensive, to to swing the momentum in the Bears' favor. Uh, you could tell that he demanded the most from himself, and he was often the uh, drew the ire of of Blair Moss when when. Joey wasn't playing his best. Blair got on him immediately, and you could always hear him, you know, uh, getting on Joey. And I think that did bring out uh, some of the best in, in Weber. Uh, averaged fifteen point two points, uh, six boards, three and a half assists, three point two steals, uh, and also shot fifty eight percent from the field, uh, and a plus twenty two point seven efficiency rating. Uh, Joey Weber is also like one of the best rebounding guards around here. Um, I mean, six a game for a guy who is, you know, he's purely just a guard. And he just gets to the hoop. He's just always around the ball. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he so he, he lives near the site for the Buckley Old Engine show. And he at times he was Buckley's engine. 
No doubt about it. Absolutely. There were there were times when Austin uh, Harris and Denver Cade, who we're going to talk about here in just a bit, when they weren't at their best, and Weber knew he had to step up, and he did. We're going with Buckley Sr., Denver Cade, on the second team here. Um, his numbers were down a little bit from his junior year when he averaged more than 21 a game. Um, you know, but part of that's due to the schedule they were playing. Part of that's due to, uh, you know. The defenses he was facing. Just, yeah, defenses concentrating more on him. Um, but still one of the biggest scoring options for the Bears. Um, persistence on the floor and ability to fight through uh, double and triple teams to get his shots made his physical presence something that could wear out a defense. Um, he was just crucial for the Bears in the uh, postseason, too, to get to that Class D state championship game for the second straight year. He averaged 16.6 points, 7.7 rebounds, 4.1 assists, and 1.9 steals per game and had a plus 22.2 efficiency rating. Up next on the list is a Northman from Petoskey, senior Danny Colt, six foot nine wingman, uh, just versatile, very effective scoring weapon. Uh, averaged nearly 15 points a game at 14.9, at 6.3 rebounds. Uh, he also helped Petoskey to that 19 and three record and a Big North Conference title, uh, sitting at nine and one in the BNC. He was a Class A All-State honorable mention for the second straight year, and he was a first-teamer in the BNC. Um, length, athleticism, uh, that made him a mismatch on offense and defense against every team that he played. Um, you know, he was more than just a big man for Petoskey, and uh, he kept opponents on their toes. They had to. They had to be aware of where he was on the court, and he was just very intelligent in his playmaking uh, you know, when he was out there. So going back to Traverse City, uh, but this time Traverse City Central, uh, Tobin Schwanicki on the uh, second team. Tobin proved his heart and toughness after coming back from a broken right thumb and scoring 21 points and hauling in nine rebounds and a win against uh, Gaylord. Did that with his left hand, you know, his, his offhand in that game. I mean, that's just impressive. And you crazy. see it on the football field. You know how athletic that kid is. He just... Uh, he's so gifted physically, and you saw it on the football field, and you saw it this season on the basketball court once again. Yeah, I mean, they look to him as uh, their leader. I mean, he's only a junior, acted like a senior, um, readily accepted the role and uh, responsibility. Should be even more uh, dangerous next year as a senior after building on uh, this wealth of experience that he's gained uh, the last couple of years. Average a team high 16 points a game, five rebounds, five assists was honorable mention All-State in Class A, and was named to the All-Big North Conference first team. From Traverse City Central to Traverse City West, Miggy Barrientos, Miguans Barrientos, uh, a junior at Traverse City West. Uh, we know this when he was hot, kid could fill it up, no problem, and that was proven by his 35-point uh, performance uh, against Muskegon Heights, and that was a school record. He broke... Ryan Hayes' school record of 34 points, but was it the next game or like two games later or the like following week. week? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Uh, so, you know, sharpshooting score, I think I had mentioned this when he was on here, um, but during the uh, when I was covering some of the girls' basketball games at West, he would come out during halftime and shoot from half court and make more than a, a few and just kind of flip it up there, no problem. Um, so he was... Uh, Fast and loose. He, he, that's the kind of style that he played. He'd drive to the lane with great intensity when he found an opening. Um, 
you know, he's going to be called on next year to be that main scoring option, and I imagine that he's going to improve on his numbers this year, which uh, 15.2 points, 4.5 rebounds, uh, 2 assists, and a steal per game. Uh, he was also a big part of the reason why West won its fifth, fifth straight district title, and uh, he was an honorable mention in the Big North Conference, which uh, I uh, think is, um, I think they kind of overlooked the importance of uh, Barry Antos this year. Yeah, I think so. I mean, 4.5 rebounds is pretty impressive, too. In that conference with you know, the size that a lot of those teams have, 4.5 boards for a guy who's a 5'10 guard. And, uh, and and I think just also has, like, one of the prettiest finger rolls that you'll see around here. I mean, when he just gets a, a head of steam and, and cuts down the lane, it, it just it's just pretty. All right, although he is in Florida... Mr. Brett Summers wanted to join us as we revealed the, the dream team since he and I are going to be arguing a little bit later about who we think should be player of the year and uh, who I picked. Whom I picked, I believe, is the correct uh, grammar there. But we'll get started right now with the coach of the year, and that is Glen Lake's Rich Ruelas. Um, and look at that, I pronounced his name correctly and get a pretty good... Look at I, you! I had to pause... Slightly, just for a second, to make sure that it, uh, I got the Ruelas part correctly and it rolled off the tongue. Um, but, yeah, as a, as a young coach, he led an ultra-talented group of players in the Northwest Conference, led them to a share of the conference title, also had a district championship, regional championship, and uh, they have a state runner-up trophy in their trophy case now at Glen Lake. Uh, Lakers rolled into the Class C championship game against uh, Detroit Edison on, a, on an 11-game winning streak. Uh, during which they defeated McBain twice, and we all know how talented McBain is. Uh, they also beat Frankfurt and Manton during that time. Uh, Ruelas's coaching style, um, I, I think, kept the Lakers very calm in big-time situations. He, he built a selfless team uh, that finished with a 24-3 and record. Um, like I said, young coach, uh, but had a, a message to his players that proved very effective and bred a culture of respect for not only the game, but for each other and also the people uh, that support them. Uh, he gets back two of his best players and Xander Okerlund, who we're going to talk about later, and then Reese Hazelton, who we had mentioned uh, before. Uh, I, I think that Glen Lake will be the class of the Northwest next year. Yeah, I remember bumping into him before the uh, state final game. You know, in between, as in the run up to the game at Breslin, and I, I asked him, I'm like, are you nervous? And he just goes, nope, can't be. They'll sense it. <laughs> and uh, that was just his answer. But about a half hour later, I saw him pacing back and forth uh, underneath, <laughs> in the in the hallways, kind of. But that was away from the team. I think it's always uh, really telling of a, a great coach when you can see the trust that the coach puts in his players, not just in terms of, um, you know, being able to handle the plays and run the X's and O's, but, you know, actually listen to the input that the players give, uh, you know, to him and actually listening to it and finding ways to use it. And I think, uh, you know, I saw numerous instances of that uh, when he did that this year. And he definitely has the energy uh, that you would expect from a young coach. And I think that really resonates with the players. And, um, you know, you can see you know, him on the sideline. He gets just as fired up uh, after big plays as, uh, you know, the players do on the floor. And I think they kind of feed off of that energy between one another. And um, I think, you know, that's another 
his willingness to show that type of emotion, I think, I think that brings him closer uh, to his players as well. All right, the only one who is not a senior. Um, if you've been keeping score at home, you can probably figure out who this is. If you uh, either if you, that if you think or it would have really been quick. either that or it would have been a major oversight if this kid wasn't on the team. <laughs> uh, but that's uh, Glenn Lakes, Xander Okerlund. Um, yeah, the only sen- the only non-senior in the dream team. The junior was a prototypical steady and poised leader for the Lakers. Uh, just big performances down the stretch of the regular season and the playoffs uh, made him a player who, you know, we had to consider for player of the year. Um, he was uh, never too flashy, never really wanted to be, but uh, his control on the court and uh, just decision-making was an integral part of the uh, Lakers' path to the state championship game. Finished uh, this season averaging 16.6 points, 4.5 rebounds, 3 assists, 2.4 steals, and a plus 20.3 efficiency. Also shot 59% from the field, which is impressive for a guy who takes a lot of his shots from the perimeter. Yeah. Um, he was Class C, honorable mention, All-State. Um, I think what I what I really loved is when I got the chance or got home from the TCAPS board meeting that stopped me from going down to East Lansing for the uh, to watch the, the championship games, watching that Glen Lake game, I was just so impressed by Okerlund and, as you mentioned, James, uh, the poise that he showed early on because he really was driving that team during the early part of that championship game and and really, I think, kind of knocked Detroit Edison back on their heels. Uh, It didn't seem like he allowed himself to get too high or too low, and I think keeping that balance really made him um, one of the best players in the area, and I think going into next year, uh, he is the best player in the area. If you're talking about a pure shooter, I'm I'm not sure that there is a better one in our area than Okerlund. Um, I, I wish I could remember the stat exactly off the top of my head, but it was something like he was one of only three players in the entire state semi and state championship games uh, down at Breslin to make at least 12 uh, field goals. Uh, or it was either 12 or 15, something like that. But and and the fact that as you talked about, a, a lot of those were you know mid range to three point jump shots. I I think he uh, got a lot of pe- people's attention. You know maybe people uh, looking at him as far as his college prospects, especially when you consider the fact um, you know that he's a basically a six four shooting guard. Up next on our list, one of my favorite players to watch, and I get to say that now because I'm no longer a sports writer, so I get to play favorites, which is which is fine. Um, I, I I can go to games and uh, and and root if I want to. At least I think I can. Is it is it still unethical if I'm just doing news, guys? I, th- you, I think you, I think you're you probably okay. want it anyway, Brendan. <laughs> so this would be um, Austin Harris from Buckley, the senior. Uh, Brett, I know that one of your favorite moments was in the, I think it was the, the championship game after he hit a three and he did the old uh, bow and arrow. Uh, he was also mm-hmm. he was also known for you know putting the the three over his eye after he hit a shot and uh, he had a couple of games where I, th- he had at least two games where he had eight three pointers because I remember taking phone calls, uh, you know, and and being told that he he dropped in eight threes and. You know, consistently made clutch shots, uh, very fearless out there when he had the ball in his hands. Um, 
as I said, never afraid to show that emotion on the court. And that always sparked his teammates. I, I think he and, and Denver Cade provided that, the yin and the, and, and the yang, that, that, um, you know, that kind of balanced out the team. Um, you know, he, he never wavered in his belief uh, that the Bears would make it back to the Breslin, uh, talking to him after uh, their losses. He, you know, he was honest about the fact that in those losses they didn't play well, but the fact of the matter was that they couldn't. Uh, that he knew the potential of their team. Um, you know, he was uh, led the Bears seventeen point six points per game, four point eight rebounds, four point seven assists, and two point uh, zero steals. Shot fifty eight percent from the field, fifty one from three point range, eighty one from the free throw line. Love that number. I love all the kids that are shooting over eighty percent. And he was a twenty four point seven efficiency rating on the court. Uh, you know, helped Buckley that share of the conference title and was a first-team All-State selection. Very, very well-deserved, no doubt about that. Now we're going to uh, Traverse City West's Ryan Hayes. Probably doesn't surprise anybody that he's on this team, but uh, proved once again why he's one of the most dominant big men in, the nor- in northern Michigan. He's named the Big North Conference Player of the Year for the second straight season. Uh, also an all- All-State honorable mention in Class A. Senior captain was just an integral part for the uh, Titans' march to a fifth straight district title, and it was just he he just provided everything for him inside. I mean, you know, West didn't need a whole lot, a whole lot else. Um, well, they didn't have much height. Well, no, they didn't have any other height other than Hayes. Yeah, I mean, your your four was was Drew Herrick, who's like six two, playing out of position probably. Um, you know, he did a pretty admirably admirable job there. But you know, the, yeah, aside from Hayes, they didn't have, just didn't have a whole lot of height. Um, also wasn't afraid to stop to step back behind the arc and uh, drop in a few threes here or there. Um, now holds school records for rebounds and two-point field goals in a single season and in a career. Scored a career-high 34 in a 69-60 to 60 win over Marquette that uh, was the school record until Barry Antos broke it shortly thereafter. Uh, averaged 16.4 points, 7.9 rebounds, 2.1 assists, and one steal per game. And I remember talking to... Uh, to West Athletic Director Jason Carmine at the uh, at the district and regional games over in Gaylord, and and Hayes was just playing really well in the, in the district final over there, and uh, and I was like, I wonder if Michigan wants a wants a three sport guy if Harbaugh would let him play three sports because I imagine Beeline probably wouldn't mind having a six eight walk on who can do a little bit of everything. No, certainly not. <laughs> Could you imagine if Ryan Hayes somehow did that if he somehow played three sports at Michigan? I mean, there was a reason why he was our athlete of the year last year, and why he's got his name, uh, you know, in in consideration for that once again this year. Yeah, I mean, he's he's probably going to be dream team in three sports again. Yes. I mean, I don't know if there's anybody else, other than probably Griffin Kelly, maybe Cade Peterson, who's got a shot at that. You know, as far as his play goes, one thing that just stood, I guess, always kind of stood out to me was. He wasn't necessarily always grabbing your attention because of anything flashy that he did, um, but he just, whatever it was he was doing, he was always taking it within the flow of what the defense was giving, and he just made everything look pretty effortless. And I mean, you might say, well, he's bigger than 95% of the kids that he plays against, so, you know, but I, I think it had, I think it's more to do with that. I think he's a pretty cerebral player when he's on the floor. Um, he knows how to get to his spots, take advantage of the mismatches, and um, then he's he's efficient with what he does. And as far as his uh, 
you know, any idea of him playing three sports, that would be, uh, that would be quite a feat, uh, particularly at that level. I don't know if that's, I guess I'd be curious to even see a short list of athletes that have ever done that at a division one level, because I feel like there can't be very many. Well, the time has come now for Brett and I to argue about who should have been our dream team player of the year. And uh, I'll get things started. Unless, Brett, uh, I did send you the email with uh, uh, with the all-region team. I'm not sure if you want to pull that up and uh, and make your case. I do have Kate. it pulled up right now. All right. Well, then uh, <laughs> yeah, I, you can either list off uh, my explanation or you can go with your own why you thought he should have been uh, the uh, player of the year. And he was a, an extremely close. It was neck and neck, nose and nose, uh, hair and hair, um, skin of the teeth, whatever you want to say, it was about as close as you can get uh, when it comes to our decision on this. And that, that's your opinion. I'm not sure it was that close, but I lost the vote. So uh, you don't yeah. think you don't think it was close? You don't at least think that it was close? Just for our audible what? viewers out there, just real quick, just so just so when Brett and I have this intense argument, <laughs> I would like to make it clear that Brett Summers never saw Jalen Rogers play this season. Just throwing it out there. And I will respond by saying I didn't need to. No disrespect to Jalen Rogers; he's a great player, but there's nothing he could have done on the floor to elevate him over Cade Peterson, uh, in my opinion. You at, can't at, say at, that definitively because you never saw the kid play. I mean, I, 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 I did. I didn't need to see him play this year. I didn't. Why? That's how. Why? Good, that's how good Peterson. That's how good Cade Peterson was, and that's why I say that it wasn't that close because. Cade Peterson could affect the game in three or four different ways at any given time and could win a game in more than one way. I, I understand that Rodgers is a good scorer. He, do, he is a good defender. Uh, but I think the only thing he's better at than Cade Peterson is scoring the ball. That's the only thing. I think as far as uh, leadership, defense, being able to put the team on his back, uh, I think Cade is better in all those areas. And I think he proved that by being the driving force to Glen Lake, reaching a state championship game. And, uh, you know, everybody saw how important he was during that state championship game when everything changed when he got hurt. Um, you know, it was a tough, tough goal for Frankfurt. They, they didn't make it out of the district. So I, the, the best players show up in the biggest and brightest moments, and Cade Peterson did that time and time again. And unfortunately for Frankfurt, and again, no disrespect, that was not the case with Frankfurt this year. Uh, I don't know how to make this any clearer, and I know I go back to this as, as my argument, and I know you say that you don't need to see a player to make an informed decision. And I saw Cade Peterson play, and he is a fantastic player. Uh, but I don't think that you're correct when you say that he is a better leader than, uh, th- than Rodgers. Uh, you didn't see Rodgers on the floor. That kid was the he was the man who ran the show. He was the one that provided what Frankfurt needed. And whether that was scoring or stepping back and allowing uh, Loney to take over a game or allowing Rodgers to take over a game, he was there to help facilitate that. Okay, but at at very least, then 
they were equal in the leadership category. From what I saw, there was there's no way that Rodgers was greater in the leadership category. From what you saw, you never and saw Rodgers. This year, I get players improve year to year, but I have seen Rodgers play a lot. Maybe not this season, but... I'm just glad that I win this argument based on the fact that you never saw him play. That's just, that's just what you think. You know, we usually have. That's, that's what, what I know. Frank I don't. I don't. I don't Frank. think. I don't think that you never saw him play. I know that you never saw him play. That is a fact. No, you think you won the argument based on that. No, I also know that I won the argument. Again, this is not trying to take anything away from Cade Peterson. Uh, Cade averaged fourteen point three points per game, seven point nine rebounds, three assists, two point uh, four steals, uh, a block and a half per game. As a fifty-five percent shooter from the field, he was great. He was a great player, but I, I, I don't think that he was better than Jalen Rogers. And in my heart of hearts, I know that he wasn't better than Jalen Rogers. If only we had an efficiency rating for Jalen so that we could settle this. Yes, too bad we don't have the efficiency rating. <laughs> you know, when we record this show, we usually beforehand we kind of talk about what we're going to talk about. And we call that the pre-show fist fight, which we've referenced here once in a while. This time we actually have an on-air fist fight. <laughs> yes, a vocal fist fight. Uh, and I actually like this because this is the first time on this podcast that there has been actual heated disagreement between the three of us. Most of the time all of us just go, yep, I agree with you, James, or yep, I agree with you, Brad, and, or yep, I agree with you, Brendan. Uh, but, but this time around I really like the fact that, you know, Brett, you're fighting for for your guy, and I'm going to fight for mine as well. You could have made a pretty darn good argument for Ryan Hayes as well, I think. We did argue about him as well. We yeah. argued about Okerlund, and we argued about yeah. Harris. There's, uh, This isn't like last year when Gabe Merriweather separated himself from everybody else just based on what he was doing on the court. These are five players that, if you wanted to, we could have just named them all co-players of the year because every single one of them had an, a, tr- a tremendous impact on their team uh, and and was vital to their success. If you take any of these players off those teams, they're not as good. Not nearly as good. No. Yeah. And I know that Frankfurt lost in the district championship game to Sutton's Bay, but uh, I just feel like Rodgers balled out all season for the Panthers. Uh, they knocked off uh, then number one McBain. They snapped that 59-game win streak. Um, you know, he he was much more physical this year. You you ask Reggie Manville, you talk to him, he talked about how Jalen would go to the rim, he would be physical, he wasn't afraid of contact like he was last year, and maybe some of that had to do with the, the fact that he suffered a concussion last year uh, and was feeling the effects of that throughout the season. Um, but he was just physical, he was deadly from the outside, fierce when he was going to the hoop. Um, this year he put a much uh, greater emphasis on his hustle and his defense. Um, watching him, he was diving all over the floor, going after balls, getting in passing lanes, um, jumping out of the gym to get boards both offensively and defensively. Um, he helped Frankfurt to that Northwest Conference Championship. I know it was just a, a share of the title, um, but it's a, it's a title nonetheless. Rodgers finished with uh, 19 points a game. That put him third all-time scoring at Frankfurt with nearly 1,300 at 1,295. Uh, First-team all-conference selection and a second-team all-stater. And I know that Cade Peterson was indeed a first-team all-state selection.
Well, I would like to extend my congratulations to Jalen Rogers. He definitely had a great season. James and I had the opportunity to sit down with Jalen Rogers a little bit earlier in the day and talk with him and, uh, not too much of that was about basketball. Um, a lot of it was off the court. We touched on the Reggie Manville situation a little bit, talked about his senior year, but there was a lot more about who he is off the court and what he's trying to do off the court, and including um, some of the outreach that he's been doing and the leadership that he's taken at Frankfurt High School. So a uh, very genuine guy, uh, very interesting to talk to. So why don't we go ahead and take a listen to our interview with Jalen Rogers, the 2017-18 Boys Basketball Dream Team Player of the Year. All right, it is our pleasure to once again welcome in Frankfurt's Jalen Rogers, the 2017-18 Boys Basketball Dream Team Player of the Year. Uh, first question right off the bat, mm -hmm. do you hear Yanni or Laurel? Oh my gosh, I just heard that today. <laughs> I heard, I kind of hear both. I hear Yanni right at the beginning, but if I focus, I hear Laurel. Okay, I heard, yeah. I heard Laurel the first like 20 times that I listened to it, and I'm like, I really want to hear... Yanni or Yanni or yeah. whatever it is, oh and gosh. I was, uh, I felt so satisfied when I finally heard Yanni, and James is over here shaking his head because we have, yeah. the dress, the dress is blue, I guess. I know, that's, that's <laughs> I think this one's a little more fun than the blue gold dress or whatever the hell yeah. it was. That's oh. wild. Yeah, welcome into this special episode of uh, the Get Around Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Queeley. Joining me in the studio, of course, Jalen Rogers from Frankfurt and James Cook. Brett Summers is uh, sunning and having fun. Sun's out, gun's out for that guy. Uh, he's in St. Petersburg, Florida, or in Florida somewhere. Son of a... You can say it. Go ahead and finish gun. it off. That's all right. <laughs> Uh, Jalen, thank you so much for taking some time yeah, uh, and uh, and coming out here again. So, what have you been up to since the end of the basketball season? Oh, so since the end of basketball season, I've just been doing. Well, I'm the president of the Interact Club, so that's kind of kept me busy. And then I'm also on the committee of an art show, July 14th. So I've been doing all the marketing and advertising uh, for that, and then doing some ceramics here and there, studying a lot of schoolwork. Uh, then with my free time, just kind of take it easy. What's the Interact Club? It's essentially a youth rotary within the school. And so we do a lot of work with just like promoting human welfare within our community. And so we work with our local rotary and um, we organize school events and, and things that we think will, will better our community. So one of those school events uh, was um, was the school walkout um, protesting uh, school safety or trying to bring awareness to school safety after yeah. the Parkland shooting. Now, uh, Frankfurt students did, didn't walk out, but there was a an event in the gym, and I was able to catch some of the live stream of that on Twitter and saw that you were speaking at that. Could you just kind of talk about what that event was like and what, uh, what was said? Yeah, um... Well, first of all, we wanted to make sure that it was completely, you know, it's not promoting any political agenda. And so essentially it was a, it was an anti-bullying thing is kind of what it all boiled down to. But so we, we got people in the gym uh, 
Reagan, who is also in the Interact Club, and myself kind of organized a little speech and like a little agenda of what we're going to do. And so we called the people down. It was a uh, completely optional thing because you really can't force people to do stuff like that. But uh, then we got up there. We had like some interacting things with the crowd. So they'd, uh, they'd write down like one nice thing or, or something positive on a card. And so then... That kind of gets the crowd involved, but yeah, I, I had a little bit of a speech about empathy, and then she had a little uh, speech. I can't remember what it was about exactly, but it was it was filled with a lot of positive vibes, and, and we actually had um, some younger kids get up on the stage and speak, which was incredible because because I couldn't do that when I was in seventh grade or anything like that. So that was it was a really good turnout. What motivated you to to do something like that? Um. I know we should probably talk sports. Yeah, <laughs> this is a good question, though. Basketball. It's just, it was hard. Be- well, I was motivated just because it just naturally hit home for me. Uh, I, don't, I don't really know. It just kind of was something that bugged me. And it was also something that I wanted to make sure that the students um, in Frankfurt, even though we're a small town of however many hundred people there are, we can't escape these things no matter the size of our town we can't escape mental health and so I just want everyone to be aware and to you know have an opportunity to make someone else's day better it's you know what's interesting to me is that you're a basketball player we know you as a basketball player you know myself Brett James we know you as a basketball player but it seems like you're actually so much more than that that you really kind of spread yourself out and try to find different things to get involved with uh I'll ask, why is that something that's important to you? Why do you feel to you know, uh, to yourself that you should be involved in so many things? Well, it all started when I decided to take a little bit of break from basketball, so I took the whole summer off last year. And I was introduced to ceramics, and that kind of like broadened my vision on, you know, I, I was kind of like tunnel vision on basketball and nothing else. And so this past year, I really branched out and, and got into art, got into, I mean, the Interact Club. And so kind of trying to, uh, I don't really know, but trying to trying to help people. And so that was just something that always came naturally to me. And so I like to be busy. I can't really sit still. And so I thought that branching out and being the president of the Interact Club or being on this art committee would give me a lot of good experience with what I want to go into in college and just in life in general. And imagine the people that uh, might kind of help the impact of that group. I mean, because I imagine at Frankfurt High School, you're somebody that probably people listen to. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think um, a lot of the younger kids do, and I it's incredibly humbling to have kids listen to me. And so I just always kind of, throughout every day, I try and be a positive influence, and I try and make, you know, myself appear as someone that they want to look up to, which, you know, sometimes can be hard. <laughs> so we'll uh, get to sports now and talk yeah. a little basketball. Um, you know, I, I hate to bring this up, but the the loss to Sutton's Bay, what were you feeling after that? Because that's a team that you smoked by 44 points, and they came back and they beat you 45-42. Do you, do you remember kind of the emotion of that? Was it a surreal moment where you couldn't believe that you lost? Uh, yeah. Um, didn't have a lot of energy at the time, the whole team. And so when we did lose, it was just kind of a numb feeling. I didn't really process it because when things like that happen to me, I don't really process it until a few days later. But yeah, I mean, right after I lost, just kind of went to the to the locker room, kind of a, just a glazed over mindset. So uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you think that was part of the reason why uh, Frankfurt decided not to bring back Reggie? 
Mm, no. I think that there have been a lot of parent complaints ever since he started here. And I don't know why this year. And, I mean, I don't think that's a part of it. I think that it's a lot of complaints from the parents, essentially. What did you think of Reggie as a coach? I know we talked about this a little bit with you and Matt the last time you two were in here. Yeah. Well, at the time, through my freshman, probably through my junior year, a lot of the things that he said used to hurt my feelings. But looking back on it, I am more of a man now with him in my life than I would have been without him in my life. Because he taught me how to kind of take an ass-chewing, pardon my French, but like, <laughs> and so I, I was able to, you know, listen to what he said and not how he said it. And so I think that from that stamp- standpoint, it's extremely beneficial to have someone like that as a coach because you get to, you know, not only grow as a player but as a man. I mean, did he just kind of rub people the wrong way? Because, I mean, he's a very boisterous, not to say boisterous, but very animated <laughs> on the sidelines. Uh, you know, <laughs> did they just kind of, people get tired of that after a while? Or, or what, what kind of was it? Um, well, I think that he's an entertaining person with the boisterous aspect of it. But I think I think some parents did get tired of it. I think a lot of the players could deal with it. I mean, they probably vent to their parents and parents, you know, would get all mad and, and talk to the principal and the superintendent, but um, I don't really know. You had a special team this year, and, you know, we'll kind of get away from the Reggie thing for a little bit, but yeah. you, you had a special team despite the, the loss to Sutton's Bay. You had a lot of big accomplishments. You know, you beat McBain, you beat Buckley twice. You know, you fell to Glen Lake a couple of times, and uh, you, you had a share of the, the Northwest Conference title. Uh, what was it like playing this final season with guys like Matt Loney and Griffin Kelly and Matt Stefanski, you know, Kirk Myers and, and, and all those guys? Uh, it was a lot of fun this past season playing with them because you finally get the feeling that it's like 100% your team because you're the senior and you're the people who are playing every game and you've played with these guys forever. So it's kind of like, it was pretty cool because you just kind of made the journey from seventh grade to, to varsity basketball. And so there's a little bit of a, of a brotherhood aspect to it. And so it was kind of, it was fun going out there and playing with people that, you know, are my closest friends as of now because that's who I've, I've grown up with. Uh, when was it about that you uh, came to kind of the decision that you know college basketball is not something I necessarily want to pursue anymore? Um, probably, probably the end of my summer going into this my senior year, and so I I was thinking about it for a long time. Thought about it for like six months. Didn't really say anything to anybody, and then I kind of presented it to my parents, and they were obviously really surprised and didn't really know how to take it in because I. There's so I mean something so prominent in my whole life may, might not have like a place in my future. So they were kind of they were definitely blown away. But yeah, probably end of of last summer. Now you are going to college. You're uh, what was the, what's the college you were going to again? Uh, Barry University in Miami, Florida. Barry University <laughs> in Miami. Never heard of it, but yeah. um, you know why are you going there? What was the 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 draw to that college? Um. Well, I first learned about it because my family member. Um, is the dean of students there, and so that was that was huge. And I went on my first tour with my brother, and I mean I didn't really pay attention. But then my second tour this year uh, on spring break was amazing because he set us up, you know, with the art teacher, with the like vice dean. I don't really know what it's called, but and and he also set me up with a communication student, and he gave me a tour of the whole facility, which is uh, what I'm interested in getting into. And so 
Um, it was, I mean, it was just a really great tour. I was blown away. And then the thing that kind of put it over the top was that, one, it's in Miami, and then, two, is that their mission, all of the staff members said that, is their mission is to promote human welfare on, you know, a worldwide scale. And they, and they have a really, I mean, they have a lot of really good outlets and ways that they can do that. Do you see yourself being a philanthropist as you uh, as you get older? It sounds like you're the kind of guy that's uh, interested in in being selfless and, and helping a lot of other people as best you can. Yeah, I, I definitely think that that could be something in my future once I kind of get established a little more. But I mean, yeah, I, I've always wanted to kind of be somewhat of a humanitarian and and kind of turn that into a career. You got like Peace Corps in in your future, or I did for a little while. I thought that was kind of what I was going to do, but. I mean, it still could be, but right right now I'm just kind of focused on college and, and kind of getting my foot in the door to a couple of careers. You mentioned communications. Uh, what part of communications are you interested in? Uh, well, my major is strategic communications and media, and I always thought it would be, like, super cool to be, like, Conan O'Brien or something like that. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> well, you're rocking some pretty interesting hair, so he's got, <laughs> yeah, right, he's got some good hair. This is the start. <laughs> and you seem pretty... Uh, Pretty easygoing and and able to kind of just go with anything as yeah, far I, as uh, I having try to deal to with us in the media. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I try to be. I mean, I, I don't really want to be like the polite person that says what you want to hear. I, I try and be a hundred percent myself all the time, and that's a struggle, definitely. But it, I mean, with age, it'll it'll come a little more easily. Uh, getting back to basketball uh, a little bit. Who would you consider in your four-year career in, in high school the, the best player that you played against? Does this count AAU or just high school? It, it counts whatever. Okay. Yeah, whatever uh, you want to say. The best player I played against? Well, in high school, probably probably Sterk from McBain. I think last year he was he was crazy good, um, even though I never got really to match up with him because he's a big. But in AAU, probably Brandon Johns, um, Marcus Bingham, or David DeJulius probably. Were you able to pick anything up from them, watching them play? Um, <laughs> kind of. I mean, just their, their aggressiveness. and their, and Well, they just walk and play with this extreme confidence, which is crazy. I, I, can, I can do that. Well, no, I remember seeing that in the in the game against Onekama when that was kind of a back and forth battle. Right. Yeah. yeah. And um, I I remember watching that game and and every time that your team needed a big shot, mm-hmm. you were there to come down the court, you know, stop and pop and put up a three. Yeah. Um, what was it about that game where you were feeling that? Because uh, in, in so many of the other games, it, it really was a team effort between the, the big three right. uh, and you, Matt, and Griffin. Mm-hmm. Um, well, with that, I mean, it's all I just try and get lost in the game every single game. And so I can't really worry about what Reggie's screaming at me or what the crowd's screaming at me. So I just kind of... My whole thing is, is my mantra that I kind of repeat to myself is just get lost in the game, and, and that normally takes care of itself. There were so many talented basketball players uh, in the area this year. Um, we, uh, James, myself, and Brett, and we, uh, we had just put together the, the all-region team, and you know we've got first through you know, uh, fifth team, mm-hmm. and leaving off some of the players was, was really tough. James and I had a conversation uh, and, you know, unfortunately for your teammate, Matt, but he was the last guy 
cut from the fifth team, which mm. we struggled with a lot. Yeah. Um, just because he is such a good player and he was so important um, to your team, Griffin. Uh, you know, he was able to. I, I think he made the third team um, mm. that I uh, that I put him on, but. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it about those two players that you found special and you were able to have such a connection with? Matt and Griffin? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, Griffin, is he's kind of funny to play with because he does stuff that is just kind of unorthodox and you never see a basketball player do, mainly because he's not really a basketball player. He's just like a... He truly is a football player. Yeah, he's a basketball. football player, and he's just literally good at anything he does, like physically. And so... Mm-hmm. He's fun to play with because, like, you can you can score a basket, run back on defense, and turn around and see him making another layup after he steals it from the inbounder. And so, he, he's fun to play in that way because he's so unpredictable and uh, unorthodox. And then Matt, I was hoping you'd ask about Matt actually because he does all the intangibles and all the things that don't show up on the stat sheet, which I kind of sound like. I mean, everyone repeats that, but like playing with him is a different thing because he brings like an incredible energy and like. He's he can I think he can rebound better than anyone I've ever played with when he decides to when he doesn't have to have like a lot of the offensive I don't know pressure on him because he has to score with us but in AAU he was getting up with six ten six eleven guys grabbing these rebounds over the rim just because mainly because his arms are crazy long and he's like fearless when he gets under there too so that's crazy it seemed like uh, games that I covered mostly your guys junior year yeah it seemed like. Uh, Matt used to be the uh, focus of Reggie's <laughs> sideline yeah. Fuhrer, I guess, <laughs> if you would say. I don't know. That's accurate. Uh, <laughs> why, why was that in particular on Matt? I know he, he kind of was the ball handler yeah. at the time and stuff like that, so mm-hmm. I guess it's just kind of natural that the coach is yeah. focusing on the point guard. But He, well, all the Lonies, they talk a lot. They they talk maybe a little more than they should at times, and, I mean, that's that's part of the reason you love them so much, but... I think that the reason, I mean, <laughs> you'd just be sitting there in the huddle and it'd just be so tense, and I know Matt's right next to me, I'm like, I know he's going to say something, and then he opens his mouth and it just explodes, and it's just crazy. <laughs> but yeah, mainly because, I don't know, for him, it's been it's probably hard to take that for four years and not say anything every once in a while, but it's pretty funny looking back at it. Can you identify your favorite moment or your best moment or one of those moments where you're on the court and just thinking, man, I'm... I'm pretty lucky to be able to play this game in high school. Yeah, I will, after the first couple games, probably with 15 games left in the regular season, I started, like, I started telling myself that, like, I started to realize more that I'm incredibly lucky to play this in a small town with a great atmosphere. And, and I mean, I told myself in, um, before every game that, I mean, it's good to be over in the blink of an eye, so I might as well enjoy every moment, even if it's bad or good. Now you are, you know, going to be going to Miami for college. But you said as we were, we were talking off the air that you're going to be coming back, or at least you hope to come back and catch a, a Frankfurt basketball yeah. game. Uh, you, you said it would be weird uh, watching it from the stands. Can you kind of uh, expound on that a little bit? It's kind of indescribable, but I mean, it, I haven't done it yet. But I think that it's definitely going to be super weird when I do it, just because. I don't know, cause I haven't really watched a guy's game in a couple, a, a guy's Frankfurt basketball game in a couple years, cause I've either been on the bench. Well, I've been on the bench since seventh grade, so I haven't really seen one from the stands since like elementary school. So I'm just assuming that it's gonna be really weird. <laughs> how, how cool was it to be able to overlap playing on the same team with your brother for a couple years? Oh, that was that was incredible. He's 
He's in, he was a, a great player. Um, that's my only – I just wish he would have played more when I was there and before I was there, but he really was just – he was really gifted. He worked really hard, but he was just a really good player. He played AAU and very coordinated, very talented, great shooter. And so all around, I just wish he would have played more. But when we were on the same team, he he showed me the utmost respect, and he always encouraged me, even when I was you know starting over him or playing more than him. So that was incredible on his part. I, I think we talked about this a little bit when you were on before, and you had mentioned it earlier. But the the outreach that you have to the youth in Frankfurt. Uh, is that something that you're going to try to continue uh, even when you leave? Um, I mean, I know it's going to be a little bit difficult to do so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I my whole thing with that is I want to leave the Interact Club because it's our first year. I want to leave it in good hands, which I think I have so far, which uh, is Reagan Samro, and I just I think that's kind of the thing that I want to leave behind and want to or want Frankfurt to continue doing because that you know, has the whole school interact with it and, and kind of joins a lot of people together. So that's kind of how I think I'm going to do it. What's the uh, what's the scuttlebutt on who the new coach is going to be? The scuttlebutt? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of good candidates, I guess. I mean, the only two that are, you know, that I know of yet is either Dan or Dave Jackson. Um, and so it could be between those two, or it could be. You know, someone on the outside. So honestly, I don't know, and I really haven't been paying much attention. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to play for them. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, is your competitive career over in basketball? Do you see yourself uh, even joining like a three-on-three league at the Y or something like that when you get a little bit older? <laughs> well, th- well, my my whole plan was when I go down to Barry is I I hate treadmills, and so I was gonna work out and then play intramural basketball, so I don't have to run on a treadmill. I can get my cardio from a game. So yeah, that was my plan. <laughs> Jalen, again, thank you so much for coming in. Congratulations on the award, uh, Player of the Year for the Record Eagle in the uh, 2017-18 season. Uh, It was a pleasure watching you this year, and uh, good luck on all of your future endeavors. Thank you very much. I got so much on my mind right now. So that hero tail, get my baby dirty Once again, thank you to Frankfurt's Jalen Rogers, our 2017-18 Boys Basketball Dream Team Player of the Year, for coming in, sitting down with us. Um, like I said, if uh, you know you're after listening to that, I, I think you're going to have a much different perspective on who he is uh, on the court and off the court. Um, very interesting guy, and uh, I'm glad to have him in the studio for the second time. Yeah, just a very diverse person, and you know, much more than a basketball player. And and after we recorded that, he uh, he extended. He said, you know, yeah, I'm going to be down at Barry University in Miami. He's like, you know, you guys need a place to crash in Miami, uh, but I don't know if he's going to do that with Brett. <laughs> yeah, I doubt he's going to extend that invitation to Brett. That's again, I don't think that Brett was trying to insult Jalen Rogers or anything like that. He was just very passionate about Kate Peterson, and he he should have been. Uh, I'm yeah. glad that I'm glad that we had that argument. I, I think that there are a lot of people out there um, who disagree with our decision um, and probably agree with Brett, but I'm sure there are also uh, a lot of people out there that do agree with uh, our our decision to name Jalen as the player of the year. Uh, Again, it was just very uh, stiff competition, no Mm -hmm. doubt about that. 
And we've already heard from people who uh, disagree with our choice for the Girls Player of the Year. Yes, and I like that. I like when people disagree or when they agree with us, or I just I, I like the interaction. I think it's great that uh, we're able to, um, to pull out some emotions from some of our readers. Uh, again, our dream team is uh, Coach of the Year from Glen Lake, Rich Ru- Ruelas. Also from Glen Lake, Xander Okerlund. Austin Harris from Buckley. Ryan Hayes from Traverse City West. Kate Peterson from Glen Lake, and then our player of the year, Jalen Rogers. Uh, I'd like to thank you, our Audible viewers, so much for listening to this special episode of the Get Around Podcast. I'd like to thank James Cook for sitting in here uh, and going over this team and uh, providing some some great discussion. And, of course, I want to thank Brett Summers for taking some time out from his vacation down in Florida to argue with me about uh, player of the year. Um, we'd love to hear from you, uh, our all the viewers, uh, what you think uh, about our decision here. Uh, you can find us at TCRE Sports. You can find Brett at BA Sports Writer. You can find James at James Cook 14 And you can find myself at Brendan Queeley. Again, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Get Around Podcast. Make sure that you come back for our regularly scheduled episode next Tuesday. Mm-hmm.